Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Just one economic niche or two. For now and probably with great relief to its people, the international community talks about Denmark not in the usual terms. Not as a country ranked second globally on the happiness scale, with Nordic nations dominating the top five. Or a country with one of the best social safety nets on the planet. Or its Lego legacy. The focus of the new discussions about Denmark has shifted to, of all topics, pharmaceuticals, specifically the company Novo Nordisk and its two products that are now a craze in a world fighting an obesity epidemic, Ozempic and Vigovi. The Philippines is one of the countries with a substantial number of people suffering from obesity. The U.S. has over 100 million obese people, close to a third of its population. The strain that obesity imposes on the health systems of nations is incalculable. Why is Novo Nordisk getting so much global attention? For one, the company has been doing the heavy lifting to save Denmark's economy from flatlining. A growth rate of close to 2% for the year is a safe target, thanks to the output from Novo Nordisk a bonus will be the big contribution to revenue generation. Right now, according to economic trackers in the European Union, the company is the second most valuable company in Europe after luxury accessory giant LVMH, eclipsing Germany's iconic industrial giants, London-based financial institutions, and Airbus. The market value of Novo Nordisk is bigger than Denmark's economy. Just one company and its two niche products upended Europe's corporate hierarchy reminds us all of what Bakunin early in the past century said about give me 100 dedicated men and I will turn Europe upside down. That was about upending Europe through violence. The Novo Nordisk version in the 21st century is about upending the corporate hierarchy of Europe via the indelible power of science, the laboratories and research and development. Give me one company, and I will turn Europe upside down. The eyes of the world are right now focused on Israel, the tiny country now at war, and historically the country most vulnerable to armed challenges from its neighbors. Like Denmark, it has one niche sector that has an outsized role in its overall economy. Its information technology fused seamlessly with its advanced technology sector. You just wonder how a country so vulnerable and in a state of forever war can build a high-tech sector that is the envy of the world. Among the OECD economies, Israel's high-tech sector stands out for its sheer dominance. It makes up 56% of Israel's tradable economy, or the part that involves exports and imports. On the skill level of the high-tech workers in Israel, the only competition comes from the skill level of workers based in Silicon Valley. No Asian or European talent can match the skills of the Tel Aviv-based high-tech workers of Israel. Again, you have to ask, how did they develop such a skill level? The niche pharma sector of Denmark, a country of 6 million people, and tiny Israel's high-tech sector are very relevant to us and eminently instructive. If the Philippines, which for years has been starved of a really inspiring economic success story, cannot achieve across all sectors economic growth, then developing one niche economic sector or two may be a better way of gaining economic power and preeminence. It's about time we shift our growth ambitions to a new paradigm. Let us focus on one sector or two that we can grow into economic powerhouses. That kind of work would involve both focus and brilliance, and hard work at the labs and incubation centers. And skills training of the toughest and most disciplined kind, but it may be worth it. Just look at what one pharma company did for the broader economy of Denmark. Remember that it was not Darwinian selection, 
the triumph of the best and the survival of the fittest, that led to the success of both the pharma sector of Denmark and the high-tech sector of Israel. Nothing was favored over the rest. The foundation upon which those successes were built was education, which drives and powers the lust for experimentation and discovery. The Scandinavian system of education, from basic to tertiary education, is one of the best in the world. It is built on a very equitable model, where a good education is a right of every citizen, not a privilege. We cannot avoid mentioning here the hugely disproportionate share of the Israeli diaspora of hard sciences Nobels, the economic Nobels and the Fields Medal Awards in mathematics. The Pulitzer Awards, even. The task of building the foundations for a great educational system is a state mandate. That education is the state priority is even enshrined in the Philippine Constitution. It is up to the state mandarins to build that great and world-class educational system. However, no great educational system would evolve from the current preoccupation with revving ROTC and rewriting historical verities. That the Philippines is not prepared and does not have the resources to build a great educational system is bunk. In the midst of a brutal war, Ukraine is now establishing a math institute, and the proponents of the institute want the Ukraine version to compete with Europe's best mathematical universities. A world-class educational system, even if it does not lead to developing one niche economic powerhouse or two, will yield immense benefits. Right after India's independence, the groundwork to establish a network of technology and engineering schools that would compete with the world's best was carried out. The campuses of what is now the Indian Institute of Technology, IIT, spread out over the disparate parts of the Indian continent are now considered feeder schools for Wall Street and Silicon Valley. At least 15 of the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies are alumni of the IIT, with the total market cap of the companies they lead bigger than India's own GDP. World Bank President A.J. Banga got his MBA from IIT. Building a great educational system, here or elsewhere, is the best economic stimulant.